Welcome everybody to another episode of Marketing Management and Money. And uh, sometimes I hate saying I'm Ethan Miller and I'm your host. So we're going to skip that. Well, but you I am half said it. You just, we're going to skip sitting, that now that we didn't introduce the other guy sitting this, here. This is why Ryan hates when I introduce anything <laughs> or try to close it because he never knows what he's going to get. And he afterwards, he chastises me. But it's okay because I have fun doing it. So, um, so anyways, I'm sitting here with Ryan today. And uh, what prompted the idea for this episode is I was having a conversation with a gentleman the other day. Uh, for something that I thought was common knowledge, and I realized maybe it's not. I was a little shocked when you told me about yeah. this conversation. So as I'm having a conversation with him, he has a business and he does some social media. Yeah. Okay, and that's the, interesting enough, uh, as we get into it, social media is actually driving the majority of his business, mm-hmm. okay, through uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. But his frustration was that he felt like he was spending so much time and he had to be on it every day to make sure he had posts and other things going on. And so in the last few months, he just has not done a whole lot because he hated spending the time. And I made the comment to him, well, why aren't you just doing a lot of this in half a day and set the dates with the software that's provided so that it just releases them on these timestamps out into the future. And he just stared at me. You can do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought everybody knew this who was doing social media. Now, you can also send a text. You don't have to call every time. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I said, well, when I shared that with you, you looked at me and go, no, everybody knows this one. I says, I don't think so. Yeah. I, maybe we ought to look at some ways to do creative marketing and, and just marketing maybe through social media because maybe there's stuff out there that we take for granted because we deal with this all day long and it's kind of in our will set and our will set. That's not even a word. Where did that come from? In, uh, in, in our, our wheelhouse. In our wheelhouse. Thanks. Yeah. Wow. We might have to re- erase this whole episode no, after no, that. No. Huh? That wasn't that bad. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a hot wheel set. Yeah, it was it's, great. It's kind of inside of our wheelhouse that it's just common knowledge to us. And I thought, what else are we taking for granted that – you know, that might be out there that, that are just little tips and tricks that, so, that we, you know, that most people, the other people generally who are trying to do some of this stuff that are, that are learning it per se, that don't know they exist. Yeah. So let, let, let me back up with a couple of things. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to pick on social media marketing for a second. Um, but we really do want to get into the creative side of marketing that we usually talk about the analytical side of marketing and everyone's talking about the creative side. And so I feel like we don't need to touch that, but I'm like, no, we do. We need to, we need to put our take on that. But so talking about the social media marketing, there, there are two examples that I want to point out. Uh, first me personally, I'm not a huge fan of social media. I do very limited social media. I will use it, but not very much. And I've had a lot of people that are just like, you know, you really should do it. And I was like, I know I should, but it's just an ROI for me. You know, I have other means of uh, doing, you know, mm-hmm. my marketing that have a proven ROI. Uh, you know, I've invested into some some social media marketing and not gotten the ROI that I want. I know I'm not the only business that they're like, yeah, I don't get any ROI out of, out of the social media marketing. And so point number so, one is... Yeah. It, it's not, we, we are not advocating that you need to figure out how to be more efficient in your social media marketing. 
what we're getting after is we're saying, well, look at it. And if it's not working for you, what are some ways that you can change it? And so for this guy, changing it for him, you know, you mentioned he gets a lot of his business from social media. He just needed to figure out how to get more, uh, you know, more efficient with that. Uh, the the other thing, so th- this hit me the other day, uh, kind of a kind of a crazy situation. So I'm talking with a good friend of mine, and she's a successful entrepreneur, actually a very successful entrepreneur, and she gets solicited all the time from you know government agencies, uh, major organizations that always want to get her take. Uh, you know, she gets invited to be on, sit on some pretty prominent boards, and you know, and this happens all the time. Well. She was telling me this story of when she got invited to this dinner, and she didn't really know what she was getting invited for. It's actually her sister invites her to this dinner, and you know she's sitting down having dinner with these people, and all of a sudden it comes out some of the work that she does, and these people were just blown away. They're like, "Are you kidding me? Like you're associated with these groups?" And they they were absolutely blown away with with her level of success. And so, you know, they, they said, they're like, well, do you do any, any social media? Can I find you, you know, where, where, where do I find you via social media? And her response was, she's like, uh, I don't really do social media, but if you want, you can just Google me. And, you know, and then she, she came home and, and, and she told her husband that she's like, yeah, so, you know, I met these guys and I, you know, I told them I don't do social media and that, you know, that they can just Google me. And, and her husband's like, do you realize how powerful that was? And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, how many people can you say, just Google me, and they actually pop up? Like the fact that mm. you, you know, you put your name out there and it shows everything for you. Like it was a very, very powerful thing. And she's like, huh, yeah, I guess so. You know, so she's telling me this. I'm just laughing because, you know, she has no idea how influential she is and, you know, and, and, and what, what kind of you know environment she plays in, but I, I think it's really interesting when you talk about creative marketing. She was being super creative and had no idea that she was being super creative. So when when we're getting into the creative marketing, I'm not you know I'm not advocating against social media or for social media. I'm saying what works for you. For her, she had a huge competitive advantage in that she can Google herself or people can Google her and get all of the business information that they want. Well, most of us don't have that level of clout. And so, you know, uh, we got to look at other creative ways to get our business out there, to get our products out there. And I, and I like that as we go down this road that your premise started with, understand where your return on investment's coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't understand that, then just stop now, go figure it out, and then join us after you do that. Because you need to understand where your ROI, because otherwise that's exactly what happens. You invest money into areas that are not producing the the desired results. Mm -hmm. And so you're just wasting money. So you need to understand when it comes to creative marketing or, well, marketing, I'm not going to use creative, marketing, Yeah. okay, where where your bang for your buck is so that you keep your focus where it should be. Okay. And th- th- this is this is funny because you and I we love the analytical side of marketing. You know, we love looking at the data, and and we're really trying. That's, that's why you have to lead this conversation. I, I was going to say I'm always going to go back to the we're, data. We're really trying to do a creative marketing episode. <laughs> we're going to try our darndest, but. Did I just say darndest? Man, I feel like my dad. 
technology. We're going to do our, you know, we're going to try really hard to do a creative marketing episode. But on the analytical side, <laughs> understand your customer. You know, understand who you're going after before you get creative. Understand who you're trying to attract because that's where I'll see people. They'll have these brilliant marketing campaigns. They'll do these crazy marketing stunts and they'll work for the wrong target audience. And so they'll get right. all of this traction. And, and, and I had this, you know, so my sister runs a business and uh, she, uh, she is a, uh, she's a therapist and she is branching into online therapy. COVID changed it for her. She did yeah. all this in person. And she's like, I still have people that don't want to come and see me in person. What do I do? And I'm like, well, you need to go online. And so she's been, she's been working at it for several months you know, and so she has her podcast, she does her video, she will do, right. you know, webinars and, and different things with, with her business. Well, she was talking to me the other day and she's like, okay, I just showed one of my techniques that I work with uh, kids who have, you know, ADD or ADHD. And, you know, and so we, we posted it on Facebook. She's like, I was getting a thousand views a day. Wow. And I'm like, it's a cool post. And she's like, it's this stupid little video. And she shows me the video and it really is a stupid little video. <laughs> you know? And she's like, I'm getting a thousand views a day off of this. She's like, what do I do? And, uh, and, and I asked her, I'm like, well, cool. So wh what are you linking to? And she's like, well, I didn't link to anything. I'm like, well, wow. wh what can they buy? And she's like, well, I'm still trying to get that together. Like I've got my ebook, but I haven't <laughs> put it up online yet. I'm just like, ah, you're missing the point of a business. Like if, if you just want to get attention on social media, do something stupid to get attention on social media, you know, but if you want to run a business, I don't care if you get a thousand, you know, she got a thousand views a day, but it did not, there was no way to link it to her growing her business. And so mm. th th that's where I'm, I'm looking at the creative side. What she did, her little video was very creative. It's an original technique. You know, she's the only one that I know that does it. And people appreciated that. They saw something that was new and, and creative. Right, right. And, and so it caught people's attention, but she wasn't ready for the attention. She didn't expect to get it, honestly. She wasn't putting it out there to try and be creative. You know, uh, and so, which I guess is something we should talk about is there's, you know, intentional creativity and accidental creativity, but. Now I want to ask a question because I, I know that when we say creative marketing, sometimes people, uh, you know, there's some companies out there who really have played off the quirky type stuff. And I always makes me a little bit nervous when I have someone talk <laughs> about the quirky, even though I, I've seen it done right and I've seen it done horrible. You know, I saw one just the other day, um, I think I've shared this with you before. I saw one the other day that uh, they were using their one-star reviews to promote what they were. In this, in this case, it was a flashlight, and the one-star review said something to the effect, uh, you should put a warning on your box because when I turned it on and looked in it, uh, I was blind for like five minutes because it was so bright, okay? Which, and it, and it was a little bit more cleverly worded than one star when they did it, but it was super hilarious because I'm like, Huh, that, that was pretty that was pretty clever on how they used that one star review to help promote how great their flashlight was. Yeah, how bright it was working. Yeah. yeah. Um but I get nervous when people try to, you know, the squatty potties, the shave club, I mean, where they just really do these spoofs off a of type of stuff where I'm just like, ah, I get nervous when people try to go down that road and replicate it versus what I would call true just creative marketing not gimmick marketing mm -hmm. or uh, I don't even know what you'd call some of the, you know, some of that other stuff where they, 
uh, just make it so silly that it, you know, you'd never forget it, like so, Squatty Potty. Oh, okay. So let's use Squatty Potty. And I didn't know you were going to bring this up, so I apologize that I'm doing the case study off the top of my head. It's been it's been several years since I've read the case study. If I recall correctly, it was the Wright Brothers that Wright Brothers Marketing that did Squatty Potty. Am I yeah, getting I that right? So. Yeah. Okay. So Squatty Potty. Um, I don't. If you don't know the product, it's basically it's a stool that you put your feet up on to help you poop easier. <laughs> and the the company they they already recognized that this was an awkward thing to promote because you're promoting how easy it is to poop. So they were already in this tough situation. Well, the marketing company that they did, they. Uh, the, the marketing company recognized that and they went all in. But it was a calculated risk. If you actually look at the case studies, mm-hmm. the, the information that's out there, it was a calculated risk. And so one of the things that I want to point out between creative marketing and just gimmicky marketing is that it's fun to get creative. It's fun to do some things. But you still have to do the calculation on the front end. You have to look at, okay, what exactly are we up against? What are some of the, you know, what are what are some of the unintended consequences that might happen due to this form of marketing? And, and, and I've seen this work both ways, but the people that take literally just a minute and step back, you know, so it's so easy to post uh, a video from your phone. And I'll see some people that they're literally out there just taking videos of their phone. And they're just like, hey, here I am. I'm doing this. And I'm like, you know, before you just hit upload, like maybe just show that to, you know, a couple people on your team and say, okay, just am I okay to, to hit upload? And so I, the first thing that I would say is take take just a minute, put a little bit of a pause in there if you really want to be on the edge. If it's pretty conservative kind of stuff, who cares? You know, you can go ahead and post those videos. But if you really want to be on the edge, like a squatty putty was on the edge, they calculated that and they stewed over it for quite some time. The owners really stewed over it. It was a huge success for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to share kind of a funny story. Not too many people know this. This is about me, right? It's going to be good. I know. So uh, several years ago, I actually ran for public office. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, I was definitely coming in as the underdog. Uh, You know, I was new to the area, going against someone who had lived in the area his entire life, had deep roots in the area, was well-known, well-respected in the area. And so, you know, I was definitely the underdog and I had to do something to try and, you know, get some, some attention, you know? Uh, So I had a campaign manager, we went out to lunch, we were talking and I don't remember if it was her idea or my idea, but we decided to do a charity MMA fight. (laughs) And we were trying to look at who I could fight. I was going in the ring, right? We were going to do uh, this MMA fight. We were going to sell tickets and donate it all to charity. And that was that was our big publicity stunt. My wife hated the idea. <laughs> Just hated the idea. I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I was there to buy front row seats. I, I know. So, um, okay, this is a podcast. I have a face for radio, so I guess I better describe a little bit. I am not a very large man. (laughs) I'm a skinny man. I weigh about 160 pounds. I was was 165 at the time. I'm very athletic. I I exercise a lot, and so I am very athletic. 
but I've never fought MMA. I've never trained MMA. <laughs> That's why my wife hated it. So we start looking at who could we challenge in, you know, in the ring. And we come up with there was another guy who was running uh, in the same election, but not he wasn't running in my race. And he was also an underdog. And we're like, this would be perfect. You know, we could challenge him to a fight. And then that way it would keep it all within the election. You know, well, this guy, uh, what, what would you say? He weighed about 250 pounds. Yeah, at least. You know, least. Uh, he owned an asphalt company and was not afraid of uh, hard labor. Like he was... Mm-hmm. He was a big dude. He was strong. <laughs> so so he had me by 100 pounds, you know, and he had me by, what, four inches, six inches? He's a pretty tall guy, too, you know. Yeah, maybe as much as six inches. Because so you're I, not horribly – I wouldn't put you in the short category. I'm about six feet tall, yeah. you know. and so, But he's, he's a tall guy. That's yeah. the point that I'm getting at is he's a tall guy, you know, broad shoulders. Like yeah. it was it was kind of an intimidating thing. So I went to him and I asked him, I'm like, would you do a charity fight? And he just laughed at me. He's like, yes. <laughs> and we were going to do it. Well, he didn't make it out of the, uh, he didn't make it out of the, the uh, nomination. Yeah. Um, so the, he didn't get the party nomination. And so yeah, right. he, he didn't even make it to the ballot. So I decided that I wasn't going to, you know, get the crap beat out of me for someone who didn't, you know, didn't make it on the ballot and the fight never happened. Right. Mm. Um, anyway, when, when, when you, when you talk about creative market, like that was very creative. Was it on the edge? I had some people that are like, this is the best idea you've ever had. And I've had <laughs> other people that were just like, what are you thinking? This is completely stupid. Mm. Uh, you know? And, and so it's very interesting when you're, when you're pushing those creative limits you're not going to get buy-in from everybody. You're going to get a mixed bag. And who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know. You're not. If you go creative, you're not going to have a 100% success rate. You're going to fail on a lot of these. That's the nature of creativity. Yeah. And, and as you go down the road, because I see companies that are pretty much always on the edge of creativity. They're just doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when I get worried about, um, and maybe you, can share some of your thoughts is that we get one or two really good campaigns. So we think now it doesn't matter what we release. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden something goes good counsel. Cause even if you think, Oh, if it even goes horribly bad, no, if you do something horribly wrong, it will hurt your organization. And we have seen it through uh, various studies and businesses out there that but one wrong campaign really, really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you got to be careful that if you get creative and you have a good one, don't just assume that everything after that is you can get away with it because it just doesn't work that way. Well, and I, I want to go back to something that was mentioned uh, right at the beginning. We talked about intentional creativity and unintentional creativity. Yes, yes. You get a lot of businesses that they stumble into something and they it's a huge success and everyone always wants to capitalize on that success. But to your point, just because you got lucky once doesn't mean you'll get lucky twice. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, I think it's, I think that's solid advice to say, you know, 
having a successful creative campaign is not a green light for all future campaigns or anything that you want to do. I mean, how many TV series got ruined because they just got weird? Like, what yeah. are you doing? You you got yeah. away from your core values. That's and, right. and that's what I would say is, you know, bringing this back into action that our listeners can use is, what are your core values? And does your creativity still align? And even stronger than align, does it still drive you toward those core values? And so, you know, if you value people, don't put a bunch of ads that are making fun of, you know, minorities or making fun of disadvantaged people, you know, just because it's funny or catchy at the time. Like if you value your employees, you should also value your customers and you should also value your community. And so if that's a value that you have, don't capitalize on making light of something just because it's there. But if you have a culture where it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, we just joke around internally, you know, all of our customers like us because we're kind of edgy and a little bit raunchy, you know, I mean, there, there are restaurants that you go to, the purpose you go to them is because they're raunchy and they're going to be rude to you and people pay extra for that rude service, but that's built into it. And so, you know, if that's part of your culture, if that's part of your values, do it. But if it's not, just because it works for someone, no, stay true to your values. Now you've, So you've just touched on the next question I wanted to ask uh, or point I want to bring up. It's mm-hmm. probably a better way to put it. The next point I want to bring up is that, that understanding your target market when you start to get into creative marketing is, is incredibly important because if we put out a campaign uh, thinking it's going to hit the 65-year-old age demographic, um, but it's yeah, it's does it's really driven by some weird TikTok video. Okay, <laughs> it is not going to go over well, and the demographic that we're aiming for is not going to embrace it. Right. And so when you talk, you mentioned you know, hey, there's some people who like a restaurant that that they go there because of that uniqueness of it. Uh, they've created that. They know who that clientele is and why they're coming there. Um, that's the point I, I, you know, I wanted to touch on my next point is that you need to understand that because if you make that mistake of, um, not understanding the difference in the demographics and you put out something, uh, out there, well, it's like, you know, if you make a TikTok video, um, on how to restore, uh, an MGB, a 1970 MGB, I'm telling you the people who own those are not on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it will be years before they finally find it. However, you will find them on YouTube because mm-hmm. that's they're out there because there is a following on classic cars out there on YouTube and other places. So you need to understand where your clientele is at and what uh, media they're using so that when you put the creativity marketing out there, it does catch their attention and drive them more towards what you're doing. Well, okay, so here's, here's a, an example that... Uh, the company Blend Tech, they do blenders, and um, they did this Will It Blend YouTube campaign, and they were putting everything yeah, in their blender. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're blending up marbles, and they're blending up iPhones, and, you know, and they're putting this all in the blender. Well, uh, they they looked back on this campaign, and it, it was a mixed bag, actually, between the owner of the company and the salesperson. 
that, uh, you know, the owner of the company thought, hey, this is great because it's getting tons of traffic. These were very popular YouTube videos, right? Uh, but the sales director, and I apologize, you know, I, I was not there talking to the sales director, so I'm getting this a little bit third hand, so I, I, you know, I hope that all this information is, uh, is accurate. But the sales director was the one who thought that it was uh, off target because who wants to watch videos of, you know, blending up iPhones? Teenagers do. You know, teenagers are into that. <laughs> who buys blenders? 30 yeah. and 40-year-old moms. Yeah. You know, and so when you when you look at who's watching the video and who's buying the blender, it was two different things. And so that actually created some, you know, some 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 differences of opinion in that company as to whether or not that was a successful marketing campaign or not. And, and I see that happen a lot with creative marketing is the stuff that gets attention is not necessarily the stuff that sells. Yes. And, and, and so, you know, I, I would say there's a balance there because, you know, getting a little bit of attention and then converting that to a sale, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, that's a good marketing move. But only getting attention, you know, and, and a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, and this is the global society, mm -hmm. attention is given to a lot of negative things. You know, people hurting themselves, uh, right. you know, people doing stupid things, uh, you know, you, you see just a, a lot of vices that get promoted. And, and so I, I'm like... Mm, do you really want to go down that road? Uh, like, you know, try try and try and be a little bit more high class. You know, have some standards and and keep your marketing. Even though you might get some attention, you know, be careful how you're getting that attention. Okay. Um, do you have any rules of thumb when it comes to creative marketing? Um, like, make sure you have a dog in the video. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, well. The rules of creativity are that uh, you know, if you have a rule, you're killing creativity. <laughs> uh, uh, good point. So, so that's the rule, right there. So, so I, I, I want to do a couple things here. One is um, for those of you who just tuned into, we just did a, a full series on customer engagement. And we talked about the inherent versus the ideas versus the innovative. Right, yes. And honestly, um, you know, if you listen to the introductory portion of that training, uh, and it's it's here on our podcast, we actually we put it out in in a series. And so, if you listen to the introductory portion of that training, uh, we I feel like we really covered how to drive yourself toward innovative type decisions. Mm -hmm. Now, we were talking about yes. customer engagement, but honestly, innovation is innovation, right? Right. And so, but what, what I want to say now for, you know, this particular episode is that if you want to go into the creative space, you need to create an, uh, an environment where people's ideas are welcome, where people feel like they can share crazy ideas. Uh, you know, like one of the rules of brainstorming is you'd never say no to an idea during the brainstorm. Like you allow all ideas right. to flow regardless of how stupid they sound. Yes, yes, I agree. And then after the brainstorming session, you do a follow-up session where you start to categorize, okay, is this going to work? Is this within budget? Can we get that ROI that we've been talking yeah, about? Should we explore this anymore? Yeah, does this match our values? Those kinds of things. And so, you know, I think a quality brainstorm. And then the other thing that I would say is if you want true creativity, you need diversity. And yes, honestly, I get a little bent out of shape where we limit diversity to race. 
I'm like, yes, race has some influence on diversity, but I'll tell you what, people from different backgrounds is going to have more to do with diversity than necessarily, you know, what skin color I have. Like, I care more about who you are, not what color of skin you have. Sure. I I don't know if it was in a conversation or if you shared it in a podcast about uh, Shakespeare and uh, some of his writing, how he wrote some of his stuff to be a little bit crude because of the the poor class that he knew was going to be there. Yeah, yeah. But he was clever enough that it was kind of coy enough that that the nobility was there wouldn't take high offense. So the you know the high you know the nobility kind of would oh that was kind of I see the wordplay and yet the lower class is just in stitches it's the funniest thing they've ever heard right so when you talk about uh, diversification and 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 of ideas and the people that's sitting at the table I always look at to say hey look do we do we have people who are uh, from in a, a front end you know of the business you know your your reception desk to the operations, maybe someone from uh, an assembly line to the management because their perspectives are extremely diverse as well um, in that as well. Yeah. And so that's how I define diversity is I look at it and I say, okay, what's your background? What's your upbringing? What's your heritage? You know, factor all of these things in. And if you find that everyone, I mean, using the Shakespeare example, if everyone's of noble birth, you know, if they're all upper class, if they're all upper management, then I'm sorry, they probably come from a privileged background and yeah. they're looking yep. at it from that lens. That's and right. so, you it's know, it's going to be skewed. Having having someone who is a little rough around the edges, I actually had this uh, just happen. So I, I sit on the board of a community organization and, you know, there's several board members and there was one board member that a lot of people were having complaints with. And, you know, I stood up for that board member because I'm like, look, she adds diversity. And they're like, well, she's running her mouth. She says things that are, that are inappropriate. And I'm like, yeah, because the rest of you guys all come from, a, you know, a more privileged background. She comes from a rough background. She's brilliant, you know, a very intelligent woman. Uh, but you got to just develop some, you know, tolerance that she's actually helping this organization, not hurting this organization through her diverse background. So don't, don't look at it as like, oh, they're crass, they're rude, they're ignorant. I'm like, no, they're different. And that's good. That's healthy. Yeah. So great, great points to bring up. I like, I like uh, uh, what you've shared because it really does. That's, to do creative marketing, that's exactly what you do. You have to be as broad as you can and foster it from every angle possible if you really want to get past that inherent, uh, clear up to that upper level of, you know, the innovative. So, yeah, yeah great, great, great point. Um, probably just to wrap it up then, um, any, any really, hey, don't go down this road, you know, because you can do a lot of things right, but... Like, you know, like, as we talked earlier, one wrong mistake can haunt you for years. And have you found any over the years and in, in you're working with individuals and specifically in the marketing that, yeah, these few things always seem to cause problems? So, so um, a couple rules of thumb that I have. Uh, one is I look at how much budget I'm spending on creative versus how much budget oh, yeah. I'm spending on tried and true. So I'm yes. always going to fall back to the 80-20 rule and 
I'll never, you know, spend more than 20% of my time, resources, money on, you know, doing weird stuff or stuff that's kind of in left field. Like I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep that, that percentage smaller as kind of a safety net. So that's, that's one rule of thumb that I'm going to have. The other rule of thumb is that, uh, get some outside perspective. I, I think it's really stupid to fly solo on really creative stuff because yeah. what you think, so I like, okay, this is a weird example, but I'm going to give it. <laughs> Uh, Halloween's coming up, right? And uh, I, uh, you know, I'm 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 looking at uh, what I want to be for Halloween, and I was going to be Mr. T. <laughs> so for those of you who remember Mr. T, he was. You should be Mr. Clean. I I would, but that's not as funny as Mr. T. I <laughs> I naturally true. look like Mr. I mean, all I have to do to be Mr. Clean is put a white T-shirt on, and like I'm already there. I guess I I don't have the earring, but mm-hmm. Mr. T would have been perfect, right? Well, I was going to do Mr. T, but then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm like, you know what? Some people actually don't appreciate when a white guy is dressing up like a black guy. And I didn't think that in the first, you know. Uh, I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, like he's a childhood hero. When I was a little kid, it was always like, I pity the fool, you know. And and, and, and so in my mind, it wasn't wasn't offensive. But then I started realizing, I'm like, you know what? Some people might take that as, oh, why are you mocking this? And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to mock it. And so I decided not to do that. I'm going to be Ultimate Warrior instead. If you remember who that <laughs> I is. Actually, I do. Yeah. And I don't know if that is good or bad. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I want... So you're going to paint your face just like him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's and the little arm tassels? Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's sad I know all this, huh? I know, I know. <laughs> or super cool, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, uh, anyway, I... Uh, I, I I looked at that, and I'm just like, to me, Mr. T was funny, but to some people, it would be offensive. And I, I don't want to be offensive. I'm not trying to be offensive. And so I just decided to steer clear of that. And so, you know, when I when I look at things to steer clear of, I'm like, just ask some other people. And what I did, honestly, is I went and asked my kids. I'm like, hey, would, would Mr. T be offensive? You know what they said? Who's Mr. T? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I described it, they're just like, uh, wouldn't bother me, but it might bother some people and i'm like yeah. okay so i just i just don't want to do that you know i don't i don't want to yeah. you know try and try and offend people and yeah. so I, here that, i'll share one of my horror stories uh dressed up as a nun for halloween one year oh i did offend some people yeah i'm sure you would and even though it wasn't intended to be that way cuz that was you know you had the gidget and you had the flying nun you had a lot of other things back then that just kind of did but i i learned from that experience years and years ago that yeah like you said get get an outside perspective because it may not go off the way you think it will and and that could hurt your business yeah so uh, you know i just common sense you know have have fun with the creativity but have common sense with the creativity too yeah. well good so well, I'm going to let you close this one out because if not, I'll screw it up. Well, I think all I'm going to say is thanks for tuning in. <laughs> if you enjoy, uh, you can catch us, marketingmanagementmoney.com. If you want to reach out to us with Ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com or uh, you can check us out on learndesk.us if you uh, want to check out any of our trainings, if you want that uh, customer engagement training that was referenced. Uh, excellent training that uh, we'd encourage you to uh, take advantage of. So you can uh, you can find that on LearnDesk, or if you want to reach out to us directly, 
uh, Ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com. We can, we can hook you up with, uh, with that training program. So thanks guys. Thanks everyone. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month.